Welcome to the Bountiful Water Podcast. I'm your host, John Briggs. And today we'd like to discuss another topic concerning water, one that actually is fairly universal. We're going to talk about water and how it affects your hair and skin and some of the things that go with that. But first, let me just put a plug in for our sponsor, Retigo Labs. Now, Retigo Labs is an authorized dealer of Crusader Water Systems. Retigo Labs has the best test, so they needed to have the best water treatment system. Retigo tests for more than a dozen things that affect water quality. From that, they create a comprehensive profile. And as we've mentioned in past podcasts, our tests reveal that every home has different water chemistry. I'm going to keep saying that over and over again until people get it. Every home has different water chemistry. The city sends you the same water as your neighbors, but once that water gets into your home and travels through the different combinations of plumbing fixtures and treatment attempts, the chemistry changes. Those changes can affect you in surprising ways. It will even uh, react differently with your hair and skin, depending on what it picks up on its journey through your plumbing. Your skin and hair problems aren't bad luck. It's just chemistry. Let Retigo Labs balance your water to produce an environment where health and healing can thrive. It all starts with balanced water. Today, I'm going to tell a story from my childhood. The first time I remember thinking about my hair was in junior high. I started seventh grade like most seventh graders start. I was hoping not to get noticed. Problem was, I was on crutches since I had a problem with my foot. The doctor said I had to stay off my foot for three months. Being a seventh grader is a lot like being a gazelle on the Serengeti surrounded by lions. And there I was. Not only was I a little plump gazelle, but I also was an injured one. So they, you know, the lions quickly separate those out and like myself and destroy them. So that day ended with me punched. My crutches taken, they took those crutches apart, then threw them in the garbage can full of leftover lunchroom food. That wasn't anything compared to my mortification at a pretty girl calling across a full classroom, Hey Briggs, don't you ever wash your hair? I gave her a long blank stare and I had no idea how to answer. I literally had never thought about my hair in my life. It never occurred to me that someone might have an opinion about my hair. I was mortified. After that, I was determined that I'd not have that happen ever again. I ended that year being humiliated over my hair again, but for a different reason. In front of the whole class again, a teacher said, John, I love your hair. It's always so perfect. And the classroom burst out in laughter, of course. It would have been okay if the pretty girl had called that across the classroom like she did earlier. But she didn't, and it was a teacher who did it. So, you know, we've all grown up now in a time where we take a lot of things for granted. We can head to a store and buy just about anything we want. In fact, buying something really isn't the struggle any longer. What to buy tends to be more of a struggle. Many of the things that I study and pursue and hobbies that I have started with me going, I wonder how they do whatever this is. I... I work obsidian at home and to try to make knives and arrowheads. And that all started with me going, I wonder how they did that in the past. So recently I thought, I wonder where our modern version of shampoo and soap come from. So I, of course, looked into it and found that almost 3,000 years ago in Aleppo, Syria, soap was being made by combining olive oil, sweet bay oil, water, and lye. They'd put those all together and then age them and dry them for seven months 
And after they were nice and dry, they cut that all up and sell it. I actually saw a video on this once online that they still do things this way. They pour this soap out in these big warehouses over a giant area and just let it dry. And then they come back and have these big knives that cut it up. So over the next couple hundred years, European crusaders came across these Aleppo soaps along the famous Silk Road trading route. They brought it back to Europe in large quantities to sell. Since Syria is a long way away, as you can imagine, competitors started working on how to reproduce the same thing, but do it locally. The Italians took the prize on that endeavor, and the city of Castile became known for a superior product. And by the year 1500, soap was being used, that Castile soap was being used all over Europe. In England, hairstylists started experimenting with that Castilian soap. They'd shave it into water with herbs and oils to give the hair shine and fragrance. And then that in innovation was combined with a practice that people also had encountered in India and brought back to Europe. So a weary trader could go to a parlor for a hair and body massage in India, and the Indians called it shampoo. In Europe, they called it champing, and the products used for the champing massage became known as shampoo. So as the popularity of that endeavor grew, there were other people that started trying to innovate and trying to provide this sort of service. You know, I was in a store a few years ago looking for something for my hair. I can't remember what, but I saw this kind of hair product and it said Schwarzkopf on it. The only Schwarzkopf I'd ever heard of was the one during the Gulf War was General Schwarzkopf. So I wondered if maybe he'd invested in a hair products company or something. Nope. It actually is the oldest modern version of hair products in the world, the Schwarzkopf line. In 1898, a Berlin chemist named Hans Schwarzkopf opened the first drugstore dedicated to just hair care products and some perfumes. So now from that, there's been dozens of companies offering hundreds, even thousands of products that take care of every conceivable issue. If you buy shampoo for oily hair, it may get dried out too much. So you can buy conditioner to put the oils back in. If it adds too much oil, then there's another version and another version and it just goes on and on. So let me ask a question. Since I can't hear you, and this is just a podcast for now, it's rhetorical. What's the main ingredient when you shampoo your hair? I've asked people that several times and always get a similar answer to them just saying shampoo. That's the main ingredient when you shampoo your hair is shampoo, soap, whatever you use. So another story. Back in junior high, maybe a year after surviving my hair embarrassment, I was getting ready to go to a dance. My friend Mike was getting ready at my house. I told him he'd better wash his hair. I was hoping to help him avoid the embarrassment I'd suffered. I showed him the shampoo and told him to, to go for it. He proceeded to squeeze it out on his hair and rub it around. Then he turned the water on and put his head under the water and rinsed it out. I was so surprised. I just watched it all without saying anything. Finally, I was like, well, what the hell was that? He was confused, so I clarified, why didn't you wet your hair down, I asked him. You just pumped on the shampoo and rinsed it off. No wonder his hair always looked terrible. 
Well, he came from a home where his both his parents worked and they were always always out of the house and didn't spend a lot of time with them. No one had ever told him how. And I couldn't really fault him because there I was at the first of the year looking at that girl across the room with a blank stare because I had no idea what she was talking about. To answer the question I asked before, that little story, water is the answer. Water is the main ingredient when you wash your hair. There are so many people that carefully read the labels on their hair care products to see what's in it. Well, what's in your water? Have you ever looked at the label on your water? So I'm sure you're going to tell me that there is no list of ingredients on your water. Well, that's what we do at Retigo Labs. We basically give you a list of the ingredients in your water. That list of ingredients is at least as important as the list of ingredients on the products that you're going to buy. At Retigo Labs, we probably wouldn't have been wondering about the effect water has on your hair if we hadn't been asked the question by a professional hairstylist. Her clients asked her about it because she would do the color in their hair and the clients would tell her that that color had faded within a couple of weeks. So her solution was to offer them hair products that claim to help retain the color in their hair. She'd also tell them not to shampoo their hair as often as before. But she uncovered a weird thing, kind of a curious thing. Her clients were taking her advice and not washing their hair, yet the color still faded. They took showers, but all they did was rinse their hair. No shampoo. Still, the color seemed to magically disappear. Well, what's going on here? We took hair samples back to the lab and started doing experiments. What we found is that the chemical makeup of the water can profoundly affect your hair. Traditionally, hard water is defined as water with high concentrations of calcium and magnesium. Traditionally, hard water has been defined as water with high concentrations of calcium and magnesium. Under the microscope, you'll look at hair and you'll see that it's made up of cuticles that form a shaft of hair. If you've seen snake grass that has those little sections you can pull apart and put back together, it kind of looks like that. Hard water opens the cuticles and tends to hold them open. That lets the hair collect dust and debris and also makes your hair look fuzzy. If you look at that hair under a microscope after it's been washed with hard water, it kind of looks feathery. I'm sure there's those out there who are going, well, I'm good because I have a water softener. You'd think that, wouldn't you? I mean, one of the reasons that people soften their water is to have better hair and better skin. Have you ever heard of sulfate-free shampoo? Hair care companies are starting to realize that sulfate can be a problem with people's hair. Sulfate is a surfactant. A surfactant lowers the surface tension between ingredients. So what it does is your dirt and oil and grease, things like that, they cling to your hair and your skin and also your clothes. So it's helpful to find something that you can apply that loosens that grip that they have on your clothes. That's why you see these sulfates in cleaning products and shampoo and conditioners and all of that because it loosens the surface tension and it's easy to get things clean. Well, some types of sulfate work better than others to loosen that grip, but they all behave in a similar way. The problem is that sulfate can do the same type of thing that hard water does. It opens hair cuticles and tends to hold them open, and it does the same thing with skin. So companies have designed shampoos and soaps that are sulfate-free. Here's the problem. Some areas of the country have sulfate in the water. Traditional water softeners do not remove that stuff. As soon as you shower and let the water run through your hair, you're coming in contact with 
sulfate. So we tested hair by coloring it. Then we washed one sample in regular water and one in the Crusader conditioned water. The Crusader water conditioner not only softens, but it also removes the sulfate. After only three washes, most of the color was gone from the hair that we washed with regular hard water. The hair washed with our conditioned sulfate-free water retained the hair color and it still looked great. So the clients of our stylist friend had spent a lot of money on hair color, then avoided traditional shampoo and even avoided washing their hair. The problem isn't just the shampoo or the color or staying out of the sun or any of a dozen other reasons that I've heard or ways that you can retain color in your hair. The problem is the water. You know, I've talked about some personal stories here and some history of where shampoo comes from and a little bit about why they put sulfate in water and what it does, trying to make the subject more interesting. Bottom line is what we're finding in many cases is that water has been left out of the story for far too long. Last week, we did a test in North Salt Lake, Utah, in an area where we live, and that test revealed 150 milligrams per liter of sulfate. That's 219 pounds of sulfate per year or half a pound a day of sulfate running through their home. Up in Park City, Utah, where some of the most expensive homes in the country are, there's up to a pound a day flowing through those homes. You know, I didn't even mention much that the same thing that happens with hair also happens with your skin. In the lab, we showed the same tendency to hold skin pores open and keep them open when using regular water and even normal softened water. With that happening, the lotion just clogs your pores and gives the gives it a place for the debris to collect. One of the reasons that I even got a system was because how sensitive my 16-year-old daughter is to things in the water. She'd sometimes get these very severe skin reactions after a shower. We went through all kinds of soap and hair products trying to narrow down what the problem was. Finally, I sent a picture of her hand to the guys at the lab they immediately assumed she'd had some chemicals poured on her hand. They told me that what she had looked exactly like a chemical burn. And what it was was the chlorine in the water. Her skin was so sensitive that when the water from the city had higher concentrations of chlorine, since that fluctuates a little bit from time to time, my daughter's skin would burn. That was the final straw. And we put a conditioner in there and we got one that would not only pull out the hard water, but it also pull out the sulfate from the water. Since that day, she hasn't had a single problem. So again, you have to ask yourself, what if it's the water that's the problem the whole time? So if healthy hair and skin is something you're concerned with, contact me here at Retigo Labs. I put the podcast transcripts on our blog. So this week, I'll also put pictures of the hair before and after that we tested in the lab. I'll put some pictures of what my daughter's hand looked like and what was happening to her skin. It's pretty striking to actually see what happens. I can tell you about these things all day, but seeing the results makes it real. It really brings out the point. So check the blog. The name of the blog, literally instead of www type blog.ortigolabs.com backslash blog again. So blog.retigolabs.com backslash blog. I'm passionate enough about this that I'm also going to give you my personal line to call. My phone number is 801-907-5031. 
call me and we'll run lab tests on your water and show you how it's affecting every aspect of your life. More importantly, we can show you how to balance your water to protect your hair and skin as well as protecting your home and your appliances. Please leave comments and like the podcast. We love comments because we love to answer your questions and also it helps the engagement on our uh, on our podcast and helps get the message out there. So check out our website at www.retigolabs.com, R-E-T-E-G-O, labs.com. Retigo Labs is an authorized dealer of Crusader Water Systems. We've got the best tests, so we had to have the best water treatment system. Retigo tests for more than a dozen things that affect water quality, from which we create a comprehensive profile. As we've mentioned in past podcasts, our tests reveal that each and every home has different water chemistry. The city sends you the same water as your neighbors, but once it enters your home and travels through the different combinations of plumbing and fixtures and treatment attempts, the chemistry changes. Those changes can affect you in surprising ways. It'll even react differently with your hair and skin, depending on what it picks up on its journey through your plumbing. Your skin and hair problems aren't bad luck. It's just chemistry. Let Retigo Labs balance your water to produce an environment where health and healing can thrive. It all starts with balanced water. Thanks for listening.